You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is the Wednesday edition of Locked On NFL. I am Tony Wiggins. He is James Rapine, Locked On Jaguars, Locked On Bengals. But today, we're Locked On NFL, and we have big news as usual. We don't wait. We don't bury the lead. James, it's Tua time in South Florida. It's Tua time, Tua Tungavailoa, ready or not. I know Dolphins fans are ready. Well, the rest of the country and the rest of NFL fans should get ready as well because we're going to see him this week. Yeah, we're going to jump right into that, but we have to, and we'd be remiss if we did not tell you about Pepsi. And thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. That's right. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch. I watch from my couch, and I know you probably do too, James, because we don't have tools, athleticism, right? But Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for guys like me and James who watch it. Pepsi is made for football watching. You need to go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out all the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Let's get right into it. They're three and three. They've won two in a row. Why make the change now? That's the shocking part, I think. You know, three and three, two in a row. It kind of feels like the, I don't want to say the AFC East is open, but the Bills look beatable right? And they, they certainly lost the other night to the Chiefs, but it is the Chiefs. And then you, you look at New England and they lost to the Broncos, which I don't think anyone thought of or thought was going to happen. So you look at this Dolphins team and I, I think it comes down to Tony, one simple thing. We know what Ryan Fitzpatrick is and yes, they're three and three and they beat the hell out of a Jets team that everyone should beat this year. But Tua Tungavailo is the future. The team appears to be ready to compete even with an average to below average quarterback because that's exactly what Ryan Fitzpatrick is when you compare him to, to the starters across the league. So why not get this guy reps? The offensive line, much better than it was a year ago in Miami. So get him out there. He's healthy. He feels good. They, they put him out there. Uh, at the end of that Jets game, he obviously completed a couple of passes. So why not roll with your guy? It's been your guy all along. He's healthy roll with them. So I don't blame them. And I don't think we would question it except for the fact that he has had that injury history. And that's always been that it been and will be the question mark with Tua. Right. So it made me do a little bit of digging and I dug and I said, okay, what happened the other day? I saw the end of the game because I saw people tweeting out that Tua was warming up. So I turned, they were winning. Mm -hmm. They won 24 to nothing. Fitz did throw two picks against the lowly jets. Now they beat the 49ers in an upset 40 to 17 the week before that. And Fitz was like 30 out of 33. Some, some weird stat for 370 yards and three touchdowns. So he's been playing well. It just tells me that maybe this was part of the plan the entire time. That, and what we don't see is what's going on in practice. Was this the plan the entire time? Because I also saw Fitzpatrick's face on the sideline. He was smiling when the kid went into the game. And he was clapping and cheering the kid on. It's almost as if this was the plan the entire time. And at some point, and it's almost 365 days to, uh, to the day that Tua got hurt in college at Alabama. So 
maybe this was it the entire time. And maybe it's like, look, let's just get us to a point where we know we're competitive and we can compete and you're gonna, we're going to be able to survive. And what we're going to do here is at some point when he's where we want him to be in practice, we're going to insert him into the game and we're going to try to make that stretch run. They're going to play him in the last game before they have a bye. And I think they're going to try to see what they have in him. Don't discount this fact, though. They have Houston's pick in the draft. And Houston doesn't look like they're going anywhere fast, even though they played a little bit better the last two weeks. They may have some things that they may have to consider and they may have to take a look at to see what they have as a team with Tua in the game to consider what they need to do in the draft as far as the long-term evaluation of their football team. I agree, and I love that they did it now because you mentioned it, the bye. They're on a bye, so he can – prepare he knows it's coming so november 1st when the rams roll around it makes a lot of sense and you know the other thing here and don't discount this because it does matter you know you mentioned the draft capital and stuff well if you spend the fifth pick on a guy in tua that you believe is the future and led the nfl in jersey sales for most of the offseason after the draft a bunch of different things right and justin herbert's balling and, and, and joe burrow's playing well well then there is a little more pressure there to be like oh well we got a guy too our guy's really good too and so to your point, the fact that they do get to see him in practice and can feel like he's ready makes a lot of sense. And there's no reason to not expect him to have success early on with this Dolphins team. Yeah, they might lose to the Rams, right, in that first game. But then you got the Cardinals, the Chargers, the Broncos, the Jets, the Bengals in order. Those are some winnable games. So, so the next six for the Dolphins, the, the, you know, you might go four and two during that stretch and feel really good about where you're at. Uh, because if they do that, you know, you're talking about a, a seven and five team going down uh, to the wire. So I, I, I certainly think they can still be successful. And to your point that Houston pick, you're going to end up with two first rounders and one could be potentially really high. So whatever weaknesses that you notice, whether it's at receiver or somewhere else, uh, you, you can get that weapon for two or that, that defender that you're looking for, whatever the case may be. So I think it is a good time to do it because he's going to be able to prepare and they have a, a winnable, really favorable schedule coming up. Yeah, the Dolphins, their, their future, James, uh, seems to be set. A lot, a lot of uncertainty in some other teams' future. We're going to talk about that here on Locked on NFL. One of them is which, and, and, and we're going to tease this real quick, the Cowboys, the Stars. Some people are asking, is this McCarthy's first and last stand all in one season? I'm going to ask you that question. I'm going to give you a chance to be a star, and you answer that question for us. When we do it on the second, the second side of Locked On NFL here on a Wednesday. All right, welcome back to Locked On NFL on a Wednesday with James Rapine, Tony Wiggins. The big question is, after last night, first of all, there's two things. One, you and I were going back and forth about the Dallas Cowboys and their talent. Dak Prescott deserves $40 million. I'm convinced of it now. I thought it was maybe 32, 33, but now he deserves his money because they look like a totally different team. They were putting up 35, 36 points. And Andy Dalton is a, is a pro. He's a pro, uh, James, and you know that. You've, you've seen the kid since he came into the league. But Mike McCarthy, the, this, this guy's won a Super Bowl before. Do you think Jerry will run him? Because they just totally look inept. The Cowboys don't even look like a real team in a bad division. No, you're one, you're right. Mike McCarthy, the early returns are not good, right? Mike Nolan, the early returns on that defensive coordinator, not good. A couple things here when it comes to the Cowboys. One, um, I, I agree with you, and Andy Dalton is taking his fair share of criticism, and deservedly so, but 
got to understand, this is a, a flawed Dallas team. Th- this team had a losing record as Dak was putting up career numbers, as he was carrying them in games where they had turnovers, they, they had fumbles, they had issues, and they continued to find themselves in these giant deficits. Well, how many teams in the NFL are regularly going to come back from 21 nothing, 24-3? Well, I'll tell you what, not many, especially when Andy Dalton's the quarterback. So the first thing here with the Cowboys that they can't do moving forward that they did on Monday night is put themselves in this giant hole because one that puts pressure on 14 and he isn't as good as Dak Prescott. I don't know who thought that, who expected that, but he's not. So he's not going to bring you back every single week when you do that. Game script suddenly matters, right? And so if you're Andy Dalton, you want to be able to hand the ball off to Zeke and control the game and have your defense get some stops so you don't have to go score 40 every week because he's just not going to do that. He's not that kind of quarterback. And I do think some of it is. He hasn't been a, a starting quarterback basically all, all of 2020, right? He hasn't started a game since December. Right. So, of course, he's going to be a little rusty. At the same time, I think Monday showed how flawed the Cowboys are. <laughs> it's a bad defense. It's a bad coach, you know, bad coaching. Uh, outside of a, a few flashy skill players, what are they? Right? Their offensive line isn't elite anymore. The quarterback isn't elite. Uh, you know, C.D. Lamb is, especially for a rookie. I love Amari Cooper. You know, I think they have elite pieces. Zeke, when he's not fumbling, of course. But outside of that, it's a lot of blah with a lot of flash. And because yeah. it's Dallas, people are expecting more, and, and it's just not there right now. It isn't. And, and, and it's funny, last night, I love when we get into these little Twitter things. Me and you, man, we, we were going back and forth. You know, it was like Fred and Barney. You know what I'm saying? We were going back and <laughs> forth. And uh, it was always like me and me. We were like, some people do this. Like, sometimes I tweet with my wife, and one of my buddies go, I know y'all are in the same room. Why, why don't y'all just talk to each other? You guys are... You guys are on Instagram or whatever, and y'all are actually, y'all probably on, and, and it's true. And it's almost as like, you know, you and Rapine can probably have this conversation in the DM. Why are y'all tweeting this stuff back? <laughs> right? But the thing was, we were comparing it, and then you checked me a little bit, and, and you know what? I said, I did this, and it was rare. I go, you're right. Didn't I? I said, yep, you're probably right. But we got on Nagy from the Senior Bowl, but I said, I went all lawyer on you. I go, but that's not what he tweeted. What he tweeted, I was right about what he tweeted, but what you said, you were right. So I got all technical on you, but you're right, man. The Cowboys are, they're a hot mess. They're a hot mess. They're the hottest mess I've seen for a a team that has like, what do they have? Like six guys making a hundred million dollars and it doesn't include the quarterback. They got a whole bunch. They got a bunch of dudes getting money. Absolutely. And, And that's the crazy part is they are, flawed and they apparently decided to pay the wrong guys right you, you signed zeke elliott to a 96 million dollar contract that's insane they never had to do that and you know they they don't pay dak and, and you pay jalen smith and you pay some of these guys you pay lawrence who's been underwhelming i'll tell you who they need to pay because look they, they do need to fix some things and i know some people are like oh we'll trade for a quarterback well no Andy's the quarterback and he's a a fine option there. He's just not going to mask your flaws like Dak Prescott. So you need to fix some of those flaws. You know who I would get today if I was Jerry Jones right now? Who's that? He would be, he would be in Dallas. Earl Thomas. Right. <laughs> How have they not done this? He's been wanting to be a cowboy his entire life. When he was with Seattle, he goes out and finds Jason Garrett and is beaming at Jason Garrett, who Cowboys fans are like, 
blah. And Earl Thomas couldn't wait to play for him. Why? Because of the star. He wants the star on his helmet. I would go get him right now. I get it. He's a a problem in the locker room. You're going to have a lot more problems in the locker room when you're six and 10 and the Eagles beat you in the NFC East. So you you might want to go after Earl Thomas. He would be a cowboy today. If I was calling the shots, Jerry Jones need to get it done. And they're used to problems. Come on, man. They're used to problems in the locker room. Dallas ain't ain't no stranger to that. You're right. I would get, I, I go out and get Earl Thomas. Let's switch gears real quick. I got a question for you. And, um, this is for our friends up in the great uh, Midwest. Are the Bears like the worst five and one team you've ever seen in your life? <laughs> this is up they, in the territory a little bit. I got to ask you that question. Bill, yeah. Because they are like getting no, I see power poles. They're five and one and they're like getting no respect. Well, they might be. I mean, I picked Carolina to beat them last week and I was obviously wrong about that. But the, the Bears, they just, one, do you trust Nick Foles? And I, I think outside of Philadelphia, and this includes Bears fans, outside of Philadelphia, everyone would say no, <laughs> right? And, and that's just the, the reality of it because Eagles fans got the best of Nick Foles. And I don't think we'll see that again, and we certainly haven't seen it yet. But, yeah, the, the Bears, they're going to be one of those teams, honestly, that somehow – I mean, they already got five wins. Seven teams are getting in. They're, they're going to have eight or nine wins and, and get into the playoffs, and no one's going to take them serious. Nobody. Right. And they're a team, honestly, Tony, before this November 3rd trade deadline, if I'm them, I would try to add a piece. And, you know, whether it's on offense, another piece for Nick Foles, or add one more piece because otherwise you're going to get beat down that wild card weekend. And you're probably going to lose in that round. And if you do add another piece, then who knows? We saw Nick Foles do it once. Maybe he does it again in Chicago and can lead you deep into the playoffs. So uh, I agree though. I mean, at this point, five and one, I'm shocked and, and really surprised. They shouldn't have beat Tampa. They did anyway. And, uh, and yeah, they, uh, if you're a bears fan, you should be smiling right now and laughing at us because you are five and one and who cares what we say. Right. But I, I do think they're one of the worst five and one teams I've seen. They find a way. Um, uh, Atlanta fires their coach and GM and then they go out and they play like the, uh, like they're the greatest team on earth. I wonder who else is going to fire their coach. The Jaguars people want their people gone, but some people say, no, leave them in place so we can guarantee ourselves one of the top two picks. Uh, I keep telling people around here in Jacksonville, don't worry about Trevor Lawrence because uh, the Jets aren't going to win. I mean, I, look, the Jaguars, they're not going to be favored in any game left on their schedule, right? So they're one in five. They're going to be uh, the underdog in the next 10 games, right? So that means they'll go 1-15 and 15 if, if, it, if it holds up. The Jets are going 0-16. And, and I hate to come on here every week and talk about the Jets, but the Jets give us so much material, you cannot help talking about the Jets. So if anybody hoping, anybody that if their team has one victory right now, anybody hoping to get Trevor Lawrence, good luck to you because Adam Gase is making sure that that won't happen, right? I don't know. I mean, could they walk into a win? No. It's the, it's the NFL. I, I don't know. I, here's what I, I do know. If, if I'm Jaguars or if I'm the Falcons, even at this stage, I don't want to keep winning. I, I don't want to end up 6-10 and 10 and out of the, the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. I want to get in this sweepstakes because if you saw him last week against Clemson, whoo, or, or for Clemson rather, excuse me, for Clemson, I mean, it, it's just insane. And, and so 
yeah, can the Jets somehow walk into a win? I'm not going to rule it out. Heck, the, the Browns in 2016 found a way to get a victory, right? right? They should have had a victory in 17. And maybe that's what happens with this Jets team is they should have, could have, would have, and don't. But I agree with you. If I had to predict right now, I'm not picking the Jets against anyone. No, Why not, would you? I'm not picking the Jets against a high school team. So, look, I, I tell you what, since we're talking draft, what we do every, every Wednesday, we always have a draft expert from Locked On NFL Draft. And we have Benjamin Solak. He's going to come on, as, as always, either Ben, Crab, uh, Sakima, uh, or, or Marino. They always come on and they nail it because, they, you know, that's what they do. So, as always, what we do is we're going to have a draft expert on in, in the third segment. And stand by and buckle your seatbelts because we're going to find out about these quarterbacks. We're going to ask about quarterbacks. There's a shortage of defensive tackles in the draft. We're going to talk about that. And if there's any hope for teams that don't get lucky enough to get that number one pick or don't get lucky enough for the Jets to win a game, if a bad team is going to have luck and find a quarterback, and we'll find out in just a second here on Locked On NFL. Hey, it's your man Tony Wiggins at Locked On NFL. I love me some Bilt Bar. Let me tell you why. Because, one, it tastes great. Two, it's because it makes me look great even while I'm eating something that tastes great. That's right. Built Bar is the real deal and has 18 great flavors, some with nuts, some without nuts. That's right. Built Bar is for real. Packed with protein, tastes so good. It's good from a figure, and it's good also from a palate, man. It is the best-tasting protein bar on the market, and I keep telling you guys, you need to go to BuiltBar.com right now and get your favorite flavor. Mine, I love the mint brownie, but I'm also kind of addicted to that peanut butter too. You can get the same thing at BuiltBar.com, and if you put the promo code in, locked on, you know you're going to get 20% off your first order of those Built Bars. That's right. Built Bar is the best taste of protein bar on the market, and I love it, and you will love it too, and your family will love it. They're good, they're nutritious, and they taste great. It's Built Bar. Okay, fellas, I know there's a stigma sometimes to erectile dysfunction and you don't have to deal with that stigma and you don't have to be embarrassed there's no need to do that and you don't also have to make excuses and try to self-diagnose what you need to do is you need to find out about roman it's called get roman and you can go to getroman.com. that's right GetRoman.com, where from the privacy of your own home you can talk to a u.s licensed healthcare professional who can prescribe the medicine you need uh, for your ED. That's right. Just go to getroman.com slash locked on and you can get $50 off of your first month of ED treatment. It's private, it's free, and your online visit uh, is free and you can get free two day shipping. That's right. It's getroman.com slash locked on. It's discreet, it's private, and there is no stigma, there is no embarrassment. It's with a real licensed healthcare professional. And you don't have to self-diagnose and you can get rid of that stigma, no embarrassment to it. And it's private, man. Get it taken care of at GetRoman.com and use the promo code locked on and start saving right now. All right. Welcome back to the third segment, the great segment of Locked On NFL. When you get tired of hearing James repeating Tony Wiggins, you get an NFL draft expert from Locked On uh, NFL Draft. And we have Benjamin Solak. What's up, Ben? Hey, what's going on, fellas? How you been? Uh, we're good, man. Uh, we were just talking about the Jets and the likelihood that they win, which to me is I, I, I put everything on it. I, I stake my pension on the fact that they won't win a game this year. So uh, Trevor Lawrence, I think, uh, unless he doesn't want to play for New York, he, 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 you know, he could probably go back to school, but I think that's where he's going. And 
any other teams that want a quarterback, like the Jaguars, I think the Gardner Minshew train is over here. Everybody here is like, okay, he's a good guy, he's, but he's probably a backup. What chances do they have of landing a good quarterback outside of that number one pick? I think there's three guys you're really excited about in this class. Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson is the presumed number one overall pick. But in a lot of different years, Justin Fields out of Ohio State would be in that conversation. Fields played better than Lawrence did last year. Lawrence underwhelmed relative to expectations last year. Fields looked really, really sharp in his first year starting for the Buckeyes, the Georgia transfer. Now he comes back in year two. It's an eight-game slate that he's got against the Big Ten. The Big Ten is not known for its passing defenses. He's still got some tremendous weapons at Ohio State. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, who's an eligible receiver coming out this year. He's going to put up numbers. He's going to look great, I think, for the second year in a row. Ryan Day's got a great offense there. So Fields and then Trey Lance, who we saw the, the one game out of Trey Lance this year against Central Arkansas. He is the North Dakota State quarterback, so he's the next in the line behind Carson Wentz and Easton Stick. Lance is a, is a Minnesota recruit he's got tremendous mobility this was a this kid should have been in the university of minnesota he should have been a power five player um but he's a testament to how north dakota state has established themselves in the recruiting field in their area he didn't look great against central arkansas but it's okay it was a one game season for him with a bunch of guys he didn't spend a lot of time practicing with he came super cold off the bench he made some bad decisions looked accurate pushed the ball down the field ran it well had an interception it was a mixed bag Teams will look back on his redshirt freshman year where he didn't throw a pick. That's what they'll be buying. He's a little bit more of a project than Fields and Lawrence are. But there's three quarterbacks in this draft that you really like. So if you're not picking number one, you don't get Lawrence. And that's rough. But there are other options that I think are, are desirable here. Ben, with a guy like Trey Lance opting out of the rest of the year, is there any chance he leapfrogs Justin Fields? Or is that based on just Fields' play? Like, is there any way he could jump ahead, even if Fields plays well when the Big Ten starts this week and in this season? It's tricky. Uh, you're with Fields, you're looking at a player who's going to have more experience, come from a more blue-blood recruiting, five-star background. He's going to be at a higher-level program against higher-level competition. So all of the signals that teams like to look for in terms of experience and leadership, you know, reps put under your belt, Fields is going to be able to outpush Lance. So, I mean, you can make an argument for a team really wanting to invest in the development of Lance. They really see a higher ceiling with him. But it's not like Lance is this dual threat guy that Fields isn't, right? Like Fields is like baby Cam Newton the way that he runs. You know what I mean? So there's very little Fields brings to the table. There's very little that Lance brings to the table, excuse me, that Fields, I think, hasn't proven at a higher level of competition over a longer period of time. I would be surprised if Lance gets over Fields by the time this is all said and done. I noticed there are, you know, year by year there are trends, right? So you got three quarterbacks in this draft. There are pass rushers, you know, the, the kid Michael Parsons, Sam linebacker, but we know what that is. That's pretty much that's a guy who can set the edge and 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 also come off the edge. And the Russo kid out of Miami, you you actually have some safeties this year, you know, with the, you know the kid at Georgia and and Oregon and, and some other kids that are spread around. The 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 odd thing is I'm looking around at the draft and there are no defensive tackles to me. I, I don't notice, you know, in the past we've had these guys, whether it be, you know, Oliver and Quentin Williams, unless I'm missing something and, and, and maybe it's because of COVID and maybe it's because of the way the games are being played this year, teams in the NFL are really struggling to stop the run. And I noticed here in Jacksonville and even Detroit, those teams were really, really struggling to stop the run this year. And 
I'm looking for help for these these clubs, and, and where can they get it, even in the late first, early second round? Is there a shortage of defensive tackles, or am I just not seeing it? There's a wide variety, I think, is your tricky thing. You know what I mean? Like, we've got defensive tackles in this class way in 280, and then we've got defense tackles in this class where in 360, and then we got everything in between, right? And so what it comes down to when you're adding guys to the interior trenches, this happens, I think, at both the offensive and the defensive side of the football. You see so many guards get drafted in the fourth round, fifth round, sixth round, and they're, they're successful for their teams. You've got to know what you prioritize, and you've got to know what's going to work in your system, right? Like Baltimore – got Bradley Bozeman, Patrick McCarry starting for them at guard. These are sixth round, seventh round draft picks. Why? They don't need them to be fast. They don't need them to be quick. They just need them to be big and angry. And that's what it takes to be successful for Baltimore's running game, right? right. So when you're looking at this defensive tackle class, I think right you're right in the sense that there isn't that one top guy who's that elite pass rusher, right? And you could argue that wasn't the case last year. Derek Brown was everybody's favorite, and he didn't test really that well. Javon Kinlaw, who's been great so far for the Niners, good prospect, but there were concerns about how he was going to develop. He was still so raw. You know, you brought up Ed Oliver and Quinn Williams. We thought that class was great. Neither Oliver nor Quinn has really delivered on a top 10 draft caliber right now. So, yeah, in this class, we don't necessarily have that top 10 guy, but that top 10 guy hasn't really been hit over the last couple of years. So what, what it's about with defensive tackles is fit. If you're going to be running four, three, one gap, you're going to ask for penetration, then you're going to like Jalen Twyman out of Pittsburgh and J2 Faley out of USC, Darius Stills out of West Virginia. And if you want your guys to eat up space and take on double teams, you're going to like Marvin Wilson out of Florida State, Tyler Shelvin out of LSU. Those are going to be more so your players. You got to understand what you need and what you prioritize. And if you do, you can get good defensive tackles, not just in round one, but round two, three, and beyond. It's when you draft these guys and don't get them in the spots to be successful that you start to see those early round busts. And is there a guy that fans should be paying attention to now, a sleeper? Because during draft season, we talk about sleepers all the time and they emerge and we know a draft Twitter and, and, and who they push and who they've pushed over the years. But right now, is there a guy or two that you like that fans should be paying attention to that might be going under the radar? A lot of guys. And that's the fun thing about <laughs> the, uh, the season for sure. We'll stick with defensive tackles. Pac-12 football is going to start up in a couple weeks here. Levi and Wazirike is the uh, rush defensive tackle for the Washington Huskies. And he's kind of built like a, a 3-4 end, 6-3, 290, going back to what I said about different body types, different roles, how you're going to fit these guys. So he's not going to be a traditional fit. If you're running 4-3 over front, that's the way that you cook it. But if you like guys who are going to be able to two-gap, move around, rush from the outside for you as bigger players, Levi Wuzurike, watch number 95 for Washington. He's a fun one. All right, it's at Benjamin Solak. Benjamin, I got one more question for you. I'm going to give you – it's a little bit on the spot. Uh, it's at – he's a senior writer for – at the Draft Network. Follow him on Twitter. If – if all these jobs, and I know all of these guys haven't been fired yet. Everybody's talking about Eric B. Enemy. I mentioned for Jacksonville, I mentioned guys like Harbaugh. I think they need to go for a guy who's, who's run a corporation as opposed to going to sign a 31-year-old offensive coordinator from Carolina. But if you're a GM and you could bring one of your guys from the draft network with you and you could take over a team, which one of these jobs that you expect to be open is the one to you that's the most attractive. Is it Jacksonville with all of their draft capital and the cap space and a few young players sprinkled in? Is it Atlanta? Is it Houston with a franchise quarterback but no draft capital? Which, which one of those things would you like if you were coming into a situation for what it is that you like to do from a scouting perspective? If I'm a head coach? Uh, GM type. GM, right. So, yeah, if I'm a GM, I probably – Houston's probably still up there. 
you're a head coach, absolutely, Houston, because you're Deshaun Watson. That solves 95 of your problems. Uh, but if you're a GM, you obviously you want that draft capital. You want to build that out. Atlanta, with their cap situation, with the contracts they've got signed, I probably don't want to touch. Uh, Jacksonville, ownership's not great in Jacksonville, and that's what you're worried about as a general manager is the situation with ownership, not to say ownership's good at, like, the Houston job either. I think it's probably still Houston. The value of having that number one quarterback, the value of having that top five franchise quarterback, it gives you so much flexibility. It's it's how Bill O'Brien's able to talk, you know, ownership into saying, yeah, if we trade DeAndre Hopkins, we'll get better. It's because you believe that Deshaun Watson can solve all of your problems like that. So when you don't have a franchise quarterback, you're not competing. When you do have a franchise quarterback, you are. And Atlanta's got one, but he's getting older. Jacksonville's going to be in the situation where they can probably get one, but it's still going to be a, a draft and then a development process. So I'll take Houston for that reason. There you go. Benjamin Solak, thank you so much for joining us, man. We really, really appreciate it uh, here on Locked On NFL. Uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, Tony. Thanks, James. I appreciate it, guys. All right, Benjamin Solak for uh, Locked On NFL and Draft Network. You join him, James Rapine and Tony. James, has been fun, man. It's always fun, Tony. It is. Great show as usual for Locked On NFL. And you can follow Locked On NFL here on Google Podcasts as well as Spotify and uh, subscribe on Google Podcasts as well as subscribe on Apple Tunes and iTunes. You guys continue to take care of each other and we'll see you here. Same spot, same place next Wednesday for James Rapine and Tony Wiggins. Check us out also on Locked On Jaguars and Locked On Bengals every day. Your team here every day on Locked On NFL Podcast. Thank you very much. Take care.